who are the Florida Gators' most impactful 2023 commits so far? We're going to talk about it only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Twitter is WNS underscore Brandon. Written work and YouTube work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryOfSI.com. Today's probably going to be a little bit briefer today. Uh, just busy, busy evening tonight. But just send us a like, subscribe, comment, review, and we're going to get right into it. Also, don't forget to join the Discord, which will be in the comment section below. So do that. Have some fun with it. But today, we're talking about the most impactful commits. We're also going to talk about which players on the current Gators roster are most negatively impacted and most positively impacted by the 2023 recruiting class so far. And first up with the most impactful commit, it has to be Marcus Stokes, right? <laughs> like, like we can, we can agree to that one where whether or not you say he's the three-star, he's a four-star, depending on which platform you're looking at. And the fact that a lot of people are saying he's going to rise throughout the remainder of the season because his play style He's getting better, he's getting smarter, and all this stuff. Um, I, I think that you have to give him the credit, again, whether or not he's a three-star or a four-star, because he answers that all-important question that we saw for this Florida Gators football team in this 2023 recruiting class specifically, and this and for this coaching staff, which was, who who's going to be your quarterback? Because we know that Florida's almost definitely looking for a second quarterback in this class as well. But the biggest question was who's going to be your quarterback for the 2023 class because Florida, I mean, early on in the process, it seemed like Florida was interested in uh, Jaden Rashada and Arch Manning. Arch, of course, went to Texas before even taking a visit to Florida. Jaden Rashada took two visits to Florida and then went to Miami. And then, then things seemed kind of bleak after that for a little bit. Marcus Stokes then flipped from Penn State to Florida. It, it was a big hurrah, yay thing. And then Trayon Webb committed, and then Eugene Wilson III committed, and, and things picked up for Florida in the sense where we were like, okay, you know, Florida's kind of Florida's kind of making the moves and addressing the issues that, or addressing the questions and answering the questions that people had about this 2023 recruiting class. And Marcus Stokes kind of did that, I, and I've said this before too, Marcus Stokes could be awful for all I care. The important part is that right now he is a 2023 commit, and that is good, and he's a four-star or three-star, depending on where you look at, but 24-7 has him as a four-star. That's where a lot of people look. So he's a four-star here, and so he's a four-star QB. He's 2023 class. Whether or not he performs well, he is enticing other players, other offensive linemen, other pass catchers to join the Florida Gators 2023 class. That's the important part. It's not about the individual um, accomplishments or contribution that he makes in Gainesville. It's that his presence alone is going to help add to this recruiting class. And that's an important part. Next up is Eugene Wilson III, who I already briefly touched on, but Eugene Wilson III committed the day after Marcus Stokes slipped from Penn State and Trayon Webb committed to Florida. 
And the thing with Eugene Wilson III specifically is, first of all, highest ranked commit so far for the 2023 Gators. Also, he is a perfect scheme fit for what Billy Napier likes to do. I mean, he, he's just going to be, I think, very good in this offense. It's also a just much-needed uh, dynamic option at receiver that Florida has been kind of lack, and, and they've done what they could to address that. You know, they added Ricky Pearsall, who is going to be able to immediately contribute as a dynamic playmaker. You've got Marcus Burke on roster for the future. We'll see what happens there. You've got now Eugene Wilson III, who is this blazing fast receiver that, that's going to be just so good for this team. And I, I think that Eugene Wilson III has a solid case to say he's the most impactful commit for the Florida Gators so far. Again, because he's the highest ranked commit to this point. And I, I mean, he's just so good. <laughs> like, I've, I've been trying to watch more of this 2023 class and even the recruits that have not committed to Florida yet, or maybe won't commit to Florida. I don't know. And he's just so good and so fast. And he's just going to add so much to this team. And then the final player is, the only defensive player on this part of the list, but edge rusher or edge defender, Isaiah Nixon. First of all, Isaiah Nixon is an athletic freak, which usually means pretty dang high ceiling, which we love to see. The potential, if you can reach it, is insane. We've seen a lot of players get drafted early strictly off potential, and it's just like, really? Like like Trevon Walker this year. Sorry if you're a Jags fan. But Trevon Walker this year got drafted just because his potential is insanely high. And it's like, really? Not Kayvon? Not Hutchinson? Like, like not, not Jermaine Johnson? Uh, Trayvon? Just because his... Or Trevon? Just because his potential? That's how it happens sometimes. And Isaiah Nixon has insane potential. He's also got a little bit of versatility to his game already, which is going to be big for this... Patrick Tony, Sean Spencer defense, which I talk about so much and I will continue to talk about. And guess what? I don't feel bad that I do it. But but the creepers, the sim pressure, having that athletic, versatile defensive lineman edge rusher is big for this defense to be able to operate um, optimally, I guess I'll say. So Isaiah Nixon addressed that. Also, he's a four-star UCF commit that Florida flipped. Billy Napier has no problem flipping. Like, no problem. He, he is the, the hash-slinging slasher. So I, I'll say he's got no problem flipping. He's just got a spatula as a hand at this point. And he's got no problem flipping. So it's taking an in-state kid from an in-state rival. We could say rival. You know, they're about to be a Power 5 team. So we could call them a rival or Power 3, I, I guess, with what's happening with conference realignment. But Isaiah Nixon was a massive win for the Florida Gators here. We're about to take a look at who was helped most by these new commits. But first, a quick word from Built Bar because... It's summertime, and if you're not already working, or if you're not already almost done with your summer bud, then it, it's time to put the pedal to the metal there and eat Built Bar. I mean, I've got my biggest weakness. My weakness. My biggest weakness is a sweet tooth, and Built Bar helps me address that. Being coated in 100% chocolate, having just 130 calories, just four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein you could throw out your candy your your snacks your whatever you got that you shouldn't be eating you could throw them out have built bar not feel guilty not feel bad not sneak around and with built bars new limited time flavors that they're always rotating in 
You'll never get bored with the same old taste. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Now we're going to talk about the commits that are the football players that are on the Gators roster already who are most helped by the new commits in the 2023 class. And again, this is kind of pure projection for the remainder of the show. We're just, we're just projecting who will be helped the most. And I think the whoever it is that you have to talk about first, you have to talk about whoever wins the quarterback job. Wh- whoever wins that starting quarterback job, they are going to be helped the most. Because you look at adding weapons to this team. You've added Eugene Wilson III is a big-time weapon. You've added Creed Whitmore, by the way, who, when he committed to Florida, was a three-star, according to 24-7. And then now he's a four-star. He's listed as an athlete. He's going to be playing receiver, just like his big brother Trent. He's going to be playing receiver here. And then you also look at Tyree Patterson is another wide receiver that the Gators added. They haven't added the tight end yet, but like uh, I believe it was last week when I had John Garcia here, he was saying, thinks Florida will at least look at tight ends, which would be fantastic if they did that. I'm, I'm all for adding more positions. I was told that Florida's not really active in the tight end realm, but he's got much better sources than I do. So, so we'll take John's word for it. Um, so they've added three receivers to this point. We know that they're trying to add more. Aiden Early Mizell is committing soon, and we think he'll be a Gator. Sorry's committing soon, and we think he'll be a Gator. Andy Jean right now is re- is very interested in becoming a Gator. So there's a lot of people that Florida's looking at and trying to entice to come to Gainesville, and Florida's looking to add as many receivers as they can at this point. We're probably going to see six or seven wind up in Gainesville at this point. So you look at that, and you've got you've got your receivers added. No tight end yet, but again, reportedly, Florida is going to be looking at that. And then you look at running back Trayon Webb. I mean, every time that we've spoken about Trayon Webb with John Garcia, he has always said that Trayon Webb is the modern running back. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He's going to be used in a variety of ways. He's a modern running back. And that's what you want, especially with Billy Napier's offense now. That's what you're looking for. You're looking at guys like Naquan Wright. You're looking at guys like Montreal Johnson, Lorenzo Lorenzo Lingard. You're looking at guys that can kind of do everything and contribute in multiple ways because you don't want to pigeonhole yourself. That's one thing where you don't want to put a guy on the field if he can only run and he's a terrible pass catcher and terrible pass protector. And it's like, well, guess what? If he's on the field, don't worry about him in coverage. Just worry about him running the ball. You want to have someone who can be a threat in multiple ways because – I mean, pretty much offensively and defensively, this team wants to keep you guessing if you're an opponent. That, that's what they're trying to do. And so having running backs that can contribute in multiple ways, that's one way to do that. And also looking at the offensive line. I mean, sure, right now it's four-star Nigel Harris, the interior offensive lineman, and three-star offensive tackle Bryce Lovett are the only two offensive line commits so far for the Gators. But they're in on a lot of other high-ranking commits, blue-chip players, and also lower commits. They're, they're trying to add to this offensive line and kind of uh, kind of just fill out whatever it is that they need to add. They're going to probably add five offensive linemen. Essentially, you want to add a new offensive line in every recruiting class. So that's what they're going to do. And the offensive line so far has been improved upon. There's definitely going to be work there, but they've improved so far. You've got your your uh, skill position players and running backs and receivers and maybe going to look at tight ends. 
but whoever wins the QB job will be held the most by this current committee, by this current recruiting class right now. And, and that's how it is. Whoever wins a QB job in 2023 and 24, this recruiting class is going to be who's helping them the most. And the other player, there's one player on defense that's going to be helped the most. And that's, I think, Edge Chief Borders. Um, we've spoken about Chief Borders kind of a lot over the past few weeks here on Lockdown Gators. And I think when you look at this recruiting class and who's been added so far with guys like like TJ Searcy and like Gavin Hill on the defensive line, you're adding that talent that's going to force offensive linemen to focus more on the interior. And you've got to put one, you're probably going to get one-on-one blockers on the outside with the tackles versus our edge rushers. That's, that's kind of what we want. <laughs> when you, when you got one-on-ones, most of the time it favors the defensive player there. So I think when you add the defensive linemen that are coming in for the 2023 class, that's going to help clear things up for the edge rushers. And also specifically talking about chief borders. The reason I brought him up because again, Chief Borders is going to play this year. He's going to play next year. He's going to play until he's no longer a Gator. But he has a very specific skill set where he's a very versatile player. And I spoke about this yesterday in the third segment with Malik Bryant, where I was like, Chief Borders opposite Malik Bryant would be insane because they're both versatile players who can drop back in coverage, rush the passer, play run defenses, do whatever they need to do. And when when you look now, and you've got Brenton Cox Jr., you've got... Prince Liam and Malian is projected to be the other starter. You don't have that level of versatility. You've got some versatility, but you don't have that level of versatility. If you have Chief Borders and Malik Bryant or Chief Borders and Isaiah Nixon, you're looking at very versatile edge defenders on both sides who could drop bang into coverage and rush the passer, where you can't just go, we know this guy's going to rush the passer. I feel like that's the thing with Britton Cox Jr. right now. Like The 2022 Florida Gators, I feel like, won't be as versatile as they could be defensively because you're going to rush Britton Cox Jr. almost every play. He's just, he's too good of a pass rusher and he's too dominant of a pass rusher when he's on to really justify dropping him back in coverage too much. So I I think that when you look at this team, you're not going to see as much of the creepers from that side of the field where if you've got Chief Borders and you've got Isaiah Nixon, you're like, who's going to drop back? You don't know as an offense who's going to drop back. And I think... Keeping them playing that guessing game, keeping your opponents playing that guessing game is going to be key for the Florida Gators to kind of find success here. We're about to take a look at who is going to be most hurt by the new commits or who might be most hurt by the new commits. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about who's going to be most hurt by the 2023 commits. Again, just like last segment, this is purely projection here. Um, And also, here's the thing. Competition breeds stronger players. Iron sharpens iron. Whatever cliched phrase you want to use, that's what we'll use. Sure. So I'm not saying these guys are going to suck, but I am going to say that someone like quarterback Jack Miller III is likely going to be hurt by this 2023 class so far because you've got Marcus Stokes is committed. And he's a he's a gamer is what we'll call him. He's a gamer. Florida, we are pretty sure Florida is chasing a second quarterback for the 2023 class. Because, I mean, Billy Napier has not been shy about wanting to add two QBs. He did it this past offseason. He added Max Max Brown, who was a Central Michigan commit, and he flipped them from Tulsa, and he flipped them to uh, 
to Gainesville and Jack Miller III, who he meant portal dipping there. And that might be the approach to Billy Napier might be adding a high school QB and a portal QB every year. That might be the approach that he's taking. We'll see. But Jack Miller III so far is getting hurt by that because you look at so far Jack Miller III's time in Gainesville, he's underwhelmed. I, I think we could all agree on that one because when he was going into this, when he came to Gainesville, it was, okay, Jack Miller III, Anthony Richardson, Emory Jones are going to have a quarterback battle. Emory left after literally one practice. So that one's, clean your hands with that one. Jack Miller III and Anthony Richardson got into it. And Anthony Richardson just decimated him. <laughs> That's the only way I could put it. He just decimated him in the quarterback battle as quickly as he could. So Jack Miller III, he's underperformed to this point. Post-Anthony Richardson, whether that's 2023 or 2024, uh, that, that, that quarterback battle is looking pretty intense now because you've got Jack Miller III is one of the guys. You've got Max Brown, who I just mentioned, is one of the guys. Who Max Brown, by the way, I said... I'm, I don't like, this is my first year really trying to watch high school tape and, and realistically translate it to college. Max Brown, from what I saw, he looked, he looked dang good. I'll say that. Like, like he looked good. So I'm a fan. Don't care about the three stars. Jalen Kitna, someone we're going to keep an eye out on. I'm not as high on Jalen Kitna as a lot of other people, but I'm not on the coaching staff. You don't necessarily have to care about what I think about Jalen Kitna. And then Marcus Stokes. So now, now it's a heavy quarterback battle. Jack Miller III has not proven well in those quarterback battles. So he's someone who could kind of be left behind. And that, that's a very unfortunate situation considering that he was a backup at Ohio State and then transferred thinking he'd get a chance for playing time and had to go through a battle. And he lost that battle so far. And having to continually go through battles and maybe lose them is a bit frustrating. He can easily win the battle. I'm not saying he can't win the battle. I'm just saying it got a lot more difficult now by adding someone like Marcus Stokes, who especially Marcus Stokes is going to wow people. Like, like he's going to make you go, oh man, that kind of hurt. But he's, he's going to make you slap your forehead. I'm going to have just lines at dinner tonight. Um, but Marcus Stokes is going to wow you. He's, he's still going to make plays that will wow you and he's going to catch your attention. And so Jack Miller III could kind of fall behind a little bit there. Another player I think will be hurt a little bit by this wide receiver Marcus Burke because Marcus Burke is someone that I love. I'm, I've very openly been like, I think this kid's great. I think he's going to be awesome. But it's reported that he's already on thin ice with his coaching staff with Billy Napier and, and everybody here and that he was um, like a month ago almost when Florida got rid of a bunch of guys. He was on that chopping block and then the players vouched for him and that's what happened. Um, so he's already on thin ice. And then you add Tyree Patterson, and you add Creed Whitmore, and you add Eugene Wilson the third. That's a struggle for him. Ty- Tyree Patterson, not so much because they play different positions. They like they're going to do different things. But Eugene Wilson the third and Creed Whitmore are both supposed to be deep threat types. Or Creed, Creed Whitmore is just supposed to be a dynamic playmaker. Eugene Wilson is supposed to be more of a deep threat. Marcus Burke is supposed to be kind of both of those guys. But if you can get that from a younger guy who's just as good, if not better, and and you're already like, well, Marcus Burke is just not putting in the work. I, I think you've got a reasonable case to say that he's going to be hurt by this recruiting class, adding so much at receiver, especially when you consider the rumored names of Andy Jean, of Aiden Mizell, 
I mean, of sorry, of uh, Cormani McLean said that Florida talked to him about playing some receiver occasionally too. So, I mean, you're adding a lot of bodies in the receiver room. Someone has to be the odd man out. And that, that's kind of what it is with quarterback too. Quarterback especially, you can only play one with significant playing time. So there's going to be someone left out, and that's what you might be looking at. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Make your second listen, Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. And tomorrow, yeah, we'll talk about SEC Media Days and how that's going. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Follow my written work with Whole Nine Sports and subscribe to us on YouTube. And check out GiantsCountryMSI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.